Nicole Desain. Welcome to Talent Tales, the show where I interview leaders who have brought design thinking to their talent and HR practices. In today's episode, we have a special guest on the show. I'm joined by Robert Ritchie, who is the head of organizational development at the University of Salford. Robert, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nicole. So, Robert, tell us a little bit, who yeah. are you and what's your story? So my story, so I head up um, organizational development at, in Salford. For those people who don't know Salford, it's very, very close to Manchester. It's um, literally next door. Um, so hopefully you've heard of, of, of that. Um, my story, um, I started out in financial services, which for me was just like completely not the right environment to be in. Um, and since then, I've, I've, I've worked in a completely whole range of, um, of different environments um, in retail, in higher education. I've worked in prisons. And one of the things that I really struggled with was the, the sort of sense of formality and structure and we've done all of this before type approach to learning and development, organizational development. And that really sort of um, led me to, um, I suppose, develop my own brand, which I now realize is um, human-centered design um, uh, type work. Um, and for me, it's really, really important that um, the work I do is not just creative, but is also designed with a real human in, as the focus. And what I found to be true is a lot of the organizations um, today, and certainly um, here in the UK, are not necessarily um, in that way. And what you end up with is a very, very sort of um, cardboard, very wooden um, product, and also culture, which is, is what I found. So. Um, I now head up um, OD here in Salford, um, and I'm really, really excited to be having this conversation today because I do want to share some of the um, techniques, some of the stories, actually, um, that we um, are proud of um, by using this new new approach, really, for us. Awesome. So I'm curious. I wonder if there's something... So you said you worked in the prison system, and then, yeah. you know, it came to HR. Is there something that helped you based on that experience, become human-centered, I wonder? Yeah, I think um, particularly in the prison um, service, I, I found that we were struggling to almost do things do things that were human-centered and yet the regime, yet the system almost pushed us away from that and we became numbers, we became processed, we came and it was very very hard actually so I think I did learn a lot um, from the environments I've been in um, and they sort of nudged me towards a more human focus and, and a, you know a, a sort of real person approach really. Mm -hmm. Yeah so you must be a great person to bring this to the world of HR. I hope so. Yes, it's been a very, um, it's been a big challenge and there's been a huge amount of resistance, but I have got um, a few stories to tell along the way about how I've engaged people and how, um, when I look over my shoulder now, there's a hundred people following me, not just one. So looking That's forward awesome. to explaining some of those. Great. So I ask everybody this question. What's yep. your creative superpower? Tell us about it. So mine is, I don't know whether you can see it, is um, I've put some shapes there. Um, I'm a shapeshifter, unfortunately not physically, otherwise I would love to do that. Um, but I do get myself into a few different shapes in the organization um, in terms of difficult situations, uh, interesting organ uh, situations. Um, 
And I found for me, that's the real key to getting things, especially new things done in organisations, um, particularly um, in a tr very traditional um, HR community that loves its process and systems. I, I find the sort of, um, yeah, ch changing shape and, and speaking differently and suddenly doing things in, a, in, a, in an inspiring way really makes a difference here. So for me, that's, that's awesome. that. I wish I could shape, change my <laughs> physical shape, but not today. <laughs> yeah, like a superhero. I mean, it's, it goes with the superpower, right? I love that. Yeah. I think that's the first time I heard this one. I really love it. And um, so you mentioned like a conservative industry. So yeah. I've worked in higher ed myself. And so based on my experience, higher ed is not an industry necessarily that comes to mind when it comes to innovation in HR. No. I actually remember when I joined as the head of talent strategy and, you know, as a good former consultant, I did some benchmarking, you know, who does leading practices on higher ed and talent. And I couldn't find any. And finally, I found a study, I think IBM did it, you know, that sort of plotted industries in terms of innovation matur maturity and talent. And yeah, lo and behold, higher ed was sort of... Um, <laughs> yeah at the bad end of it so, <laughs> and i'm like oh now i get it so um tell me about so first of yeah. all what are your thoughts around that and then secondly how come you're so innovative at the university of salford yeah so i think i'm very lucky the the university of salford is very entrepreneurial um we are driven by industry collaboration so we we partner with global um, businesses to provide what we call real world experiences um for our students um and that ranges from aeronautical to um biochemistry health all sorts of um, disciplines that we offer um we're the fastest growing university in the uh, northwest of england and we are the fifth in the united kingdom so because of that that gives us energy gives us drive um and helps sort of create an atmosphere really of of yeah entrepreneurship and, and pace as well and I'm particularly um, excited about that because of the work um, that we now do can support and drive um, all of that. Um, I am particularly um, focused on behaviours. Um, we've um, developed across the organisation 10 core behaviors or identified 10 behaviors we call them the sulfur behaviors um, no surprise um, and they are the behaviors that really we notice in the organization are really making a difference to the people um, that work with us um, and from that we can do amazing things what we found when we shine the light on behaviors it gives permission freedom for people to be really really creative and super innovative about the things that they can do um, and we've got some lots and lots of examples of, of you know how that's helping drive leadership capability um, middle management development um, design uh, all of the things that we really require to be a innovative modern university yeah so um this is really interesting. Um, I just want to remind everybody to please put in your questions in the chat and we'll answer them at the end. Um, so I, I really like sort of that entrepreneurial sort of spirit that you describe. And, you yeah. know, I wonder, um, in a way, it's kind of, it seems to me the, a breeding ground or can be a breeding ground for design thinking. Uh, in an organization. So tell me a little bit about which parts of design thinking have you experimented with? 
So I think for me, a lot of the, um, I mean, there's, there's models are out there, aren't there? But I think the, the key areas for us is, is the, um, the empathizing um, portion. So the connecting with um, real humans and putting them at the focus and understanding their world. Um, I think it's also defining and being very, very clear about what um, the people you're working with want out of, of, of what you're designing. What's their focus? What's their purpose? What do they want? What have they tried before? So lots and lots and lots of great questions, um, you know, to get to, get to the answer, really. Um, I think the other thing as well is, is the prototype um, stage. So uh, one of our mantras is build the bridge as you walk on it. And we're okay with that. And that's fine. We, um, you know, we, we, we don't expect the perfect um, version um, in the first go. Neither do we at the end actually we, it's a constant refining and I think that also engenders that behavior of entrepreneurship and being curious and and, des- and wanting you know more and more um, things to happen to the to, to the product um, I think you know for for me the the things that really serve us well um, when we're using design thinking approaches in HR is being absolutely clear on the purpose what actually are you doing what's your reason what's your 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 clear goal um i think the other thing is a bit of disruption um i think by nature i would describe myself as just as a disruptor and of course that attracts other disruptors and um, alternative ways thinking but i think tons and tons of courage absolutely loads of courage not giving up um sort of working with the naysayers um driving and helping them to to contribute as well so for me those are the things that really really make a difference and really turn the dial and also i think the other thing to get it going is the storytelling um aspects of things we are launching this year that we're in now um a huge range of, of storytelling options for people so um whether that's Petra Kucha style ted style um, cafe conversations we've got uh, um things we've designed ourselves like uh, academic on a uh, academic in a pub for, ex- for example and professor on a bench what is so that tell us a little bit more about academic in the pub <laughs> so one of the yeah one of the things we struggle with um is um as an organization particularly for, with our academic community is articulating the amazing work that we do to the everyday person on the street or within the rest of the university so we've designed we've 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 created these um environments um some of them are literally in pubs but some of them are in just eateries or um cafes where um uh professors for instance or some some somebody that's got a lot to say will have um storytelling sessions and they will they will talk to to people endlessly around research into all sorts of things from i don't know criminology right through to healthcare issues a whole range of different um, um areas we've recently just um developed and launched an autonomous vehicle so literally it just drives itself around the campus and you know you need to be really aware of where you're going and and you might get run over so telling those sorts of stories in unusual places we find really engages people and brings things to life but it also connects people um and the three um sort of words that we use to articulate this is what we call the three c's which is connection community and citizenship and that is what we design and hang um, our work on. 
Um, but yeah, it's going pretty well. Um, we've got some, some, some good um, sessions where people have been dropping in. Um, I mentioned the other thing, which was the professor on a bench. So that's literally a bench outside. And um, we invite people to sit there and um, hope people come up and talk to them about um, uh, what they've got to say. Um, but it's a really interesting way of engaging people in, a, in probably quite a, a you know, difficult subject area or quite complex area. And what has the reception been so far, the impact? Well, um, I think in the early days, it was people just sitting there wondering what they were doing, sat on their own in a pub or cafe or on a bench with nobody there. Um, so there's a bit of sort of engineering around all of that. But now we're really, really um, proud to, to, to sort of have this as our, our everyday type activity. Sure, we need to do more work on, on frequency, on you know days and on wet days sitting outside isn't great but you know on the whole it's 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 going it's going okay and it's very different and it's also um another way we can talk about the university in a more creative way in a different way than we normally do i really love that idea and i wonder you know how you might transfer that to other industries or workforces so i'm yeah. thinking maybe like r d or something you know some other workforces that might yeah. be uh, perceived as removed um, so how might you be able to do something creative like that, uh, with some of these other workforces? So I think it already, my ha my brain is already going crazy trying to come up with, you know, how might that apply to other industries? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I think the other um, thing when we, when we, we know when we operate in different environments than our normal office space, um, different ideas spark so we have a great campus we've, we're fortunate we can go outside we are exploring how we can use the outdoor space for um, learning um, and connecting and we're finding people think behave and then produce things in a very very different way they also see the passing you know people passing by and they join in and and I think for us it's around um, designing environments that are just natural things which you would normally um, operate in um, to help people learn grow make decisions um, design new processes all sorts of, of, of different things really I love that use, using the environment and then what came to mind to me is also taking maybe these professionals or these experts out of their environment yeah like out of the classroom environment right which yes, might yes be perceived as intimidating maybe yeah. right so but taking them into a more natural habitat if you will mm -hmm. they're humans like exactly all of us. so I, exactly. I really like that notion um yeah. question i always get is you know it's great to hear all these stories and how people bring design thinking to hr but what barriers you know we, we are interested in the barriers the lessons yeah. learned what barriers did you encounter in bringing it to your yeah, I think there's a couple. I think the first um, one um, I faced was, um, I suppose, the concept that actually you, as the HR person or the expert, you should be telling us, why are you involving us? You should be, you should be designing this. I haven't got time. So I think when, when, you, when I, I started the, this process, this, this approach, um, 
had lots and lots and lots of um, coffee conversations, um, chats, and, and gradually building on that sort of relationship and connecting people in a different way really, really turned the dial and made a difference because then it gave us permission and freedom to ask those questions. What are you facing today? What have you tried so far? What are your biggest challenges? Um, what if, you know, what would happen if you did nothing? All those sorts of challenging and, and um, you know, interesting questions. And that can then help, um, obviously, a, a design or, or, or start the design process. But all along the way, it's, I think, checking in with people um you know the prototype thing is very very important building on that and uh, being clear that you know it's an ongoing journey and it's an, an iterative product but if it works well now then that's fine and that, that that's good i think the other thing as well the other um barrier is the pace i think that organizations work at these days um our university is i, I think quite unique it's very fast moving we, we've got you know multiple connected projects going on at any one time like anywhere and i think it's the it's the sort of um design thinking helps you to or the approach helps you to what i call wrap around development wrap around the everyday busy world um, and still get impact it's not taking people out of their environment for one two five seven days um, but it is um, understanding and being really empathetic to their environment um, while still developing something with them and showing impact um, and also i think the other thing that method shows and, and results in is is a greater sense of, of engagement and interest and actually um, developing a, an end product that is better than you probably thought of in the beginning because people are have got that freedom and they've they're not trapped with the sort of hackles of you know the desks and i've got to do it between two and five days and all this sort of thing it's it's very fluid um so i think those two are the barriers for me really mm -hmm. and so what's the impact that you've seen since you've introduced design thinking into the organization I think it's been massive. I think um, when when you sit back and look at the things that you're doing now that you didn't do, they are huge. I think the, the biggest thing for me is the increased levels of engagement. And what I mean by that is people putting their hands up and saying, I want to get involved. I want to participate. Show me how. Um, I was thinking of doing this. Can I add this? I was thinking of doing that. How does that work? Connect me with this, please. Um, so I think definitely that. And I think with that has come a, a, a greater um, a sort of uh, capacity to be more creative and innovative um, with, with, with all sorts of areas. So maybe development things, uh, maybe um, something like recruitment. So I'll give you a very fast example. Um, one of our um, teams in our library service recruited a head of service. They had had no experience in a library and no experience in higher education. And they employed them two years ago. And the guy is still here and he's amazing. He's doing absolutely fantastic work. Mm -hmm. That was done through design thinking approaches to recruiting, not our traditional university approach, which as you would imagine and probably know, takes absolutely ages, ticking box, filling out forms, signing this off, that and the other. So that was a, a real lived example of where we um, saw impact. Um, and the proof wow. is the guy is still here and loves it. That's amazing. That's a great example. 
Thanks for sharing that. And just a reminder to everyone, you have a chance to ask Robert any questions that are on your mind by putting them in the chat. And we'll get to them in a few minutes. Um, yeah, that's an ex amazing example, I think. And because I often get asked, what's the impact? You know, it's a qualitative yeah. method. And, you know, there isn't a lot of research yet around, you know, impact yeah. in general, but then especially when we use it in mm. HR. So I think these yeah. very practical sort of applications of it help yeah. Uh, yeah. others to understand how they might articulate impact yeah. inside their organization as they make yeah. the business case for it. Yeah. So I think that's really helpful. Yeah. Um, so what's your favorite design thinking resource or hack, Robert? Ah, oh, I've got lots. I think um, as disruptive as possible, but I think the biggest one for me has to be storytelling. Really, really good, powerful, um, crazy storytelling. Things that really engage, connect people. Um, and it's something you can carry around. It's very mobile. It's practical. It's personable. Um, yeah, for me, that works really, really well. Um, and I think let's not underestimate the power of telling great stories. We think, you know, it's the latest thing or somebody else do it, does it, or I don't tell a story. We all can tell a great story. And I think that's a real good connector with people um, and a good energizer and also a good technique to show impact on the things that you you do and it gives people that confidence it gives people that um yeah power to carry on going and um support in others in what they're doing as well so that would be my number one i think mm -hmm. but as 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 creative and as as daring as possible not um not bland yeah. very very powerful storytelling and I love that. And I, I was sharing with you earlier, I'm going to share that with the group as well, is that it's a muscle you can learn. So for yeah. me, so as I uh, moved into design thinking, there are things you're naturally better at and some that are naturally maybe not as good at. And I always mm -hmm. joke, you know, I'm German, so I'm not a natural storyteller, as my husband always points out. So um, that's something that I practice and I try to practice. And the way I do that is by, you know, finding maybe these one or two stories, right? And mm -hmm. then sort of apply them in, in, you know, various contexts and conversations and then hone them, refine them. And to your point earlier, hopefully mm -hmm. at the end, you maybe have somewhat of a polished story that you can use over and over again. And then you do it with other stories. And yeah. at one point, maybe it becomes more and more natural. So to those of you guys, the fellows like me who are not good at storytelling, you can learn it. You know, and yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't, it can be rough in the beginning, but it's possible. Um, so, so in summary, Robert, um, what tips do you have for those who want to get started using design thinking in the field of HR? I think for me, the first one is go in with a beginner, what I call a beginner's mind. So mm -hmm. strip back all the, um, you know, the sort of, um, ideas you have about it's not going to work it doesn't um, stack up it's I don't know what I'm doing I need to feel safe and secure in, in something and I'll not go back to a familiar path because at that point that's the exact point that you grow and move into the into into design thinking and it's a wonderful um, lens to design um, different um, things for, for the whole organization. I think the second thing is have a very, very clear purpose. Be really sure what you're going to do um, because, and help others to be clear about their purpose as well. I think the third one is um, inject a bit of disruption. So use different techniques, um, pace, silence, timing, um, multimedia, different times of the day, different locations, 
all of those sorts of things and things that are in front of you i think the the sort of man, uh, the other mantra we have here is you know the answers are in the room sometimes just look around you and you'll find inspiration for different um, ways of doing things and i think the final thing um i've i found to be true is have bags of courage and confidence don't give up um the early days for us here were tough, but we've carried on going. We still get pushback, but the, the general direction of travel in quite a short time, probably just over 12 months, maybe a bit longer, has been significant. And um, design thinking has been a significant driver direction of travel that's helped us to achieve amazing things. Um, and also the journey's not over. Just keep going, you know, and, and be courageous in your decisions um, and what comes out of that, really. So question for you, might be hard to answer, but um, how do you maintain courage in the face of adversity? I think it goes back to my point about being clear about your purpose. I am super clear about the purpose we do across this organization. Um, I mentioned our three C's, connection, community, and citizenship. If, if things don't hang on that, we don't do it. And that for me really drives us through because then we can tell great stories about why we're doing these things. So why are you doing this outdoor learning thing in a field with la la la, whatever? It's because it drives a different connection than what we're doing at the moment. And that's the most important thing for us. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's, it's, um, it's, it's giving you that oxygen, that space, that permission by being very, very clear about your purpose and what you're here to do. Great. Thank you. So the last thing I always do is give you a quote and let you react to it. Are you ready? Okay. Quote, what unites people, stories, unquote, Tyrion Lannister. Wow. <laughs> well, a very good one. Yeah, I love it. I think it's absolutely, it's the glue which brings the world together. Stories, whether it's on the news, whether it's with our families, loved ones, friends, whatever. Stories. Yeah, I love that quote. I, I, uh, I've written it down. So yeah, thank you for sharing. Really, really powerful. It's from and for all the Game of Thrones fans out there that yeah. are not set, <laughs> but it's over. So there you go. Um, stories unite people um, in the fictional and non-fictional world. So um, let's move on to questions. So um, we've got one already in here. Um, Kathy, was, that example that you shared around the how design thinking impacted mm. your recruiting yeah. uh, seemed to resonate. So she asks, can you go into more detail how your recruiting shifted after design thinking? Yeah, sure. So um, I mentioned to you that we developed this sulfur behaviors. So it's 10 uh, behaviors. Um, some of the examples are things like evolving, learning, um, daring. So things that you'd expect in a, in a modern organization. Um, so we use the, these 10 behaviors as language really to um, sculpt um, our um, recruitment experience. And it's experience not process because what we were uh, strangled with here was process forms, systems, la la la, tick sheets, all of that type of things so it's around the experience um, and today we don't do it everywhere but because we're a large organization but in those sort of more enlightened areas um, yes we have the rigor around what we're looking for in terms of 
you know, competence. Can somebody, you know, lecture on geography, history and la la la? Of course, that, that's there. But what we are interested in is how somebody lectures. Are they engaging? Are they bringing out the latest, um, you know, thinking uh, around that? Are they innovative, etc.? And the behaviours help us give a language to that. So I've designed with, again, with in partnership with our recruiters um, experiences around that um, we've designed some small cards for example and you know we ask um, candidates to pick um, three of the top um, behaviors that are important to them we have a discussion around that we um, go deeper and it also gives us permission to go deeper into some of the more um, I suppose personal things that people hide at interview or think they present in a different way um, so it's been incredibly useful to have those tools really to help us um, delve deeper. So how do you assess, a, can you explain this a little bit more with the card? Yeah. So how do you assess a candidate then based on the answers they give in response? Yeah, to so we have a, a, a grid of with the 10 behaviours and then we literally um, mark num numerically but also through comments um, what we hear, literally what we hear. And what we see through the the responses so somebody for instance we might ask the question which is the um which would be a game changer for you which would be something that you know you would really would really make a difference here uh which would be the one that you um, must have if you if you were joining an organization um and then they give an experience tell us a story about what that is and then we rate that so we we rate that but what we do at the end of the interview experience is we focus on that first not the technical you know type side of the things which we also ask of course but for us you shouldn't be at the interview table if you can't do the job which mm -hmm. is the what we're interested in in how and why you're doing this job and why now so it also um throws up some other questions that we can ask uh in a in a very natural way in a very human way that enables us to get to the nub of 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 the person rather than um only looking at the, the technical detail of it and then we assess it we do it um, systematically so we have a rigorous way of of you know balancing all of this out um, and then we we appoint and it also allows us to, to um, when you're interviewing to share your experiences as well so for instance one of our behaviors is daring what's daring to you might be quite um, safe for me you know so it's it's exploring that range of um, uh, you know behaviors that you, you that are important when you are in the world of work yeah, I think that's awesome. Great example to finish us off here. And especially I like the, the aspect of that it humanizes what we do in HR. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much, Robert. Thank you. Uh, thank greetings you. to the UK, to Salford, <laughs> from thank Chicago you. and from everybody <laughs> here. And thanks everybody for joining us. And hopefully you'll join us for a future Tell and Tales podcast. Bye. Bye. Thank you.